Well, good morning. Welcome to Winners Win Live. I'm Christopher Coakley, president of Surf 365. <clears throat> and as we go into this weekend, where many of us will get an opportunity to see some family and friends and, and some will just uh, celebrate at home, I want you to really start to focus on how to build your business. I want you to really start to focus on having a recruiting mindset because that's the key to this business. We get paid to prospect and recruit. We get paid to share this business with people and then help them to succeed along the way. And that's the difference between the two. Sharing the business is prospecting, getting people to just take a look at it. And that's where you really are gonna put the, the majority of your emphasis, getting people to take a look at the business. And then the second part is recruiting. And recruiting is a process. It's not just getting them to make the decision to sign up and give you the money, but it's the process of helping them understand the language of success and what they need to do to learn our system. That's all a part of recruiting. And it takes time. It's not a 30-minute thing or a one-hour thing. In most cases, it's a five to 10-hour thing before people truly understand what business they're in, what type of opportunity they have, what they can do to change their lives. It's a five to 10 hours thing just to understand. And that's not at one time, but that's for you to understand that you don't stop holding their hand until they've at least had five to 10 hours. And you'll know whether it's five or 10 based upon whether they get it. You'll know whether they get it based upon whether they're uh, whether their actions start to change. You know, one of the things I used to look for was in the beginning, when I would be working with someone, I would call that person every day. And some days we would talk 10, 15 minutes, and some days we'd talk an hour or two hours. But I'd call them every day. And then the day would come when before I could call them, they called me. See, to me, that was the sign of when they got it. That was a sign that it was no longer me leading them. It was them running with me when they started to pick up the phone, when the business was already on their mind, when they woke up in the morning, when they were already thinking of what do I got to do next? When they were thinking, man, let me call Chris and see what's going on. See, it goes from you to them. And so you, but I, I, I will keep calling until the day they called me. And for some people, that was a couple of calls. And for some people, it was a couple of weeks of calls. Doesn't matter. My job is to recruit, meaning continue to hold their hand until they get it. And that's what you've got to do to truly get good at a recruiting mindset and take your people to the next level. So I'm gonna share 10 principles. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on them because I could do an hour and a half training, uh, two hours on these 10 principles, but I'm gonna go over them and, uh, and then you'll have them to kind of use as a conversation piece of training and really 
kind of go into detail a little bit more. So, so now in the recruiting mindset, here's some things that are extremely important for you to get. These are some concepts that I just believe they're timeless, but they're especially timely right now. They really are. And, uh, and here's the first one. It's what I call the butterfly effect. See, see technically, the weather patterns are changed by things that influence it. The movement of matter, you know, when air is moved around, it can change the weather, theoretically. So then you have to ask yourself, something as small as a butterfly, something as small as a butterfly, if it flapped its wings, moving around the air, could it actually affect the weather somewhere else? Could that pattern of air movement get bigger and bigger the further away it get and actually change the weather in another location? Now, theoretically, the answer is yes. Has it ever been measured that the wings of a butterfly could literally move enough matter to change weather? I don't think so. But theoretically, it's true. And so why am I bringing that up? Because I need you to understand that every little thing you do, every little thing you say, every attitude you display affects your business. And because you haven't measured it, so you don't know how small or how large it needs to be to have an effect, you have to be mindful of your attitude, of what you say, of your surroundings, because all of these things affect your recruiting. Whether you know it or not, whether the recruit tells you or not, whether or not you smile, factor. What you're wearing, a factor. Where you choose to meet them, whether it be in person or online, a factor. These are all potential factors. I remember when I used to teach this training, when we did a whole lot of meetings in hotels, and I would get together the leadership team before the meeting started. And I'd say, okay, now you go check the bathrooms and make sure that I know we're in a hotel, they should keep their bathrooms clean, but we need to check because if a new recruit comes to a million dollar opportunity, but walks into a dirty bathroom, they will immediately not believe it's a million dollar opportunity. Why would you pick a location that isn't even clean? And now no matter what else we say today, it's not going to sink in because their subconscious mind is constantly going to be thinking about how disgusting the bathroom was. And so if we got to do our own cleaning of the bathroom. Let's do that right now. See, we were that attention to detail for our new guests so that nothing else would distract them from the message that we had to deliver. So I say all that just to give an example that you have to be mindful of everything you do can potentially change your business. Now, 
when I first started teaching this, what we thought was tech was the beginning of something so much smaller than what's actually developed to right now. I mean, uh, we thought high technology was, you know, beepers and uh, in, a, in the beginning of cell phone. And now most people are carrying actual computers on their hip at this point. And so it has continued to develop into becoming more and more high tech. And we as a company and you as a company have to become high tech. But as a result, you have to remember, you have to offset that high tech by becoming high touch. See, the more and more the world moves towards technology, the more we've got to move towards touch knowledge. We got to be friendlier, more sensitive, more caring, more, more nurturing, more understanding. Because what most people don't realize because they live in their own little bubble is that the majority of the world isn't high tech. See, that high tech world that you're constantly seeing flashing before your eyes is about 10 to 15% of the people. And, and that other 85%, 90% are not following technology like everybody else. And, and they're still looking for that, that touch, that, that personality. And, and actually, you get more credit for it now. See, when people lack something and you give it, it means more than it ever has. Because so many people are high tech and, and on their phones and text instead of call. You know how powerful it is when you do call instead of text, you know? And you know how powerful it is when you write a note instead of texting one? You know how powerful it is? You see what I'm saying? It's actually gaining power the more technology grows to be high touch. And so as a company is built on recruiting and building people, People will always respond to the energy of touch. They'll always respond to the energy of the senses. They'd much rather see you and hear you and feel your energy to effectively communicate. And so guys, go out of your way to be more high touch. And then three, you got to focus on building bonds of trust and friendship. This is so important. I know some of you are going, Chris, I just want to make money. I don't really want any new friends. And, you know, that you always get disappointed and you're frustrated. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me. You're in an era where so many things can't be trusted. And so when you're sharing with people a business opportunity with the type of potential this opportunity has, they're never gonna give it their all if they don't trust you. If they don't feel like they've developed a relationship with you that they can trust. Because everybody's saying the same thing. Coca-Cola says they're the best and, Coke and Pepsi says they're the best. Who's actually the best? The one that you like and trust 
is the best. But how is it possible? Coke said they were definitely the best. Pepsi said they were definitely the best. See, every business out there is going to say they're the best. Every home-based opportunity is going to say they're the best. Every leader is going to say they're the best. How do they determine who's the best? They're going to read the data. They're going to do a comparison. They're going to put our comp plan side by side. They're going to put our travel products side by side. No, they never do that. They're going to go with who they build bonds of trusted friendship. And the one that takes the time to build the bond is the company they're going to go with. It's the leader they're going to follow. It's just that simple. And so I know you got so many techniques of recruiting that you're doing out there. But if you don't quickly, once you have someone's interest, begin to develop a relationship where they can trust you. And guys, that happens at different stages. There are people who will give you the $79 to get started and still not trust you. They're still skeptical. They're still waiting for the gotcha. And then unfortunately, some of you give it to them. <laughs> the gotcha you give them as soon as they give you the money, you drop them and move on to the next person and you don't help them. You don't recruit them. You don't spend the five to 10 hours with them to take them to the next level. You don't truly show interest in their family. You just wanted the money so you could get a bonus. And that's when they go, there's the gotcha. These people really don't care. They sound like they care. They talk like they care. Their presentation says they care. But as soon as you give them the money, they run to the next person because they really don't care. They're looking to see if that's who you are. So guys, focus on building bonds of trust and friendship. Soon as someone's interested and they get involved, begin to work on your relationship with them before you begin to pour a ton of information down their throat, before you get them to watch 10 videos about everything and, and think that that's doing it. Doesn't do it. If I like you and I trust you, then I'll learn from you. If I don't like you and trust you, then I will observe you. Not learning, I'm observing your behavior to determine if you're fraudulent or not. And if I see any sign where your actions don't match your words, I'm out. And it can be the littlest thing, remember, the butterfly effect. It can be the littlest thing. And you may never even know you did it. All of a sudden, that recruit just disappears, goes into witness protection, stops taking your phone calls, calls the company directly to cancel. And we're quick to say, oh, it's them. But nine times out of 10, it's us. And, and whether it's them or us, Let's do our best to make sure it's not us. How about that? And then when it comes to talking to people about the business, 
guys, be, be a straight shooter. Just be a straight shooter. Don't go into so much deep. Some of you talk way too much about way too much. Just be a straight shooter and find out what their interests are. Do you know anyone interested in making extra income? That, that's like my number one thing is, is, do you know anyone? I never say, are you? I don't want anybody to ever think that I looked at them and judged them and decided that they possibly need to make more money. I don't have that kind of superpower. There is no pattern. If you study the wealthy, uh, you'll realize most wealthy people look poor and most poor people look wealthy. You really can't tell the difference by looking at someone. And so I never take the chance of offending someone. I always ask, do you know anyone? And nine times out of 10, if it's them, they say, me, I need to make more money. I'm interested. See, they said it, not me. If I say it, it's insulting. If they say it, it's true. So my first attempt is, hey, I just want them to say they would be interested in making more money. Now, some of you like to lead the travel stuff. Did shoot straight. If you could travel at a huge discount and write it off on your taxes, would you be interested in finding out more? I mean, it's a simple, straightforward question. It requires a yes or no answer. And then I'm going to exchange information and set up at some point a time for them to see the presentation. It's just that it's that easy. But we're out here trying to explain and do an entire presentation in two minutes. Or we're trying to use every uh, good line that we've heard from somebody in a meeting on strangers or on people we meet. When you really just got to shoot straight. Are you interested? You know anybody interested in making some extra income? Most of the time they'll say me. Sometimes they'll say, not off the top of my head. Either one is good enough for me. I'm going to exchange information, stay in touch, begin to build a relationship that if somebody comes to mind, you'll refer them to me. Or if your situation changes, you're going to call me. Or I'm going to ask about the huge discount, write it off on your taxes. And they may say, no, I'm not interested right now. I'm not really traveling. But I want still exchange information because when you begin to travel, I'd like you to give us a shot to show you how to do it the right way. It's just that simple. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then get good at a few other techniques when it comes to recruit. One is turn down the pressure. Guys, stop trying to convince people. If someone says they're not interested, thank him or her for their time, ask them do they know anyone who might be, and move on. Why are you not interested? How could you not want to make extra money? How could you not want to travel for less? How could you? All of that debating and arguing doesn't help. See, we used to have a saying, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. See, if you convince someone 
who doesn't want to be convinced, they might give in. But deep, but deep down inside, they still feel the same way they felt initially. You just talked them to death. You just browbeat them to death. You just, you just stayed on them so hard that they felt the only way I'm going to get away from this person is to surrender, is to say yes to whatever it is they're asking me. So would you come take a look at me? Sure. Would you be? Sure. Anything. Just leave me alone. Is what they're feeling inside. But when you turn down the pressure and thank them for their time and ask them do they know anyone who might be, and then shake their hand and move on, now they're thinking, am I missing something? Should I have said no? Could this possibly be a real opportunity? See, let their brain contemplate. Don't browbeat. Get stronger commitments by letting people off the hook. I hear so many people so often talk about, oh, I had a person who was supposed to. I had a person that was supposed to come take a look at the meeting. I had a person that was supposed to get on the Zoom. I had a person who was supposed to sign up. I have a person that's supposed, supposed, supposed to. Usually that means they just agreed to get you off their back. Get stronger commitments by letting people off the hook. A lot of people say yes, just to get you to leave them alone. And what ends up happening is it wastes your time and money and energy as you're waiting for the person who's supposed to. When I get a person that says they're going to do something, I follow that yes up. Look, hey, look, if you don't want to take a look at this business, tell me now. It's okay. Makes no difference to me. Just don't make me look bad by reserving an opportunity for you to take a look at the presentation and then meet my mentor or my director and you don't show up. See, see I'm not concerned about getting you but I am concerned about preserving my reputation, my integrity. I don't want to go back to my mentor or director and brag about the sharp person that I met. And then you don't even show up. What does that say about my ability to, to notice someone who's sharp or not? See, I want people to understand the truth is the most important thing I'm after. Not a yes to get me to go away. I'll easily go away. On a yes or no, I'm not going to waste a lot of your time. But I'd like to really know which one it is. Can I count on you to be a person of your word? See, get stronger commitments. Some of you per se, yes, you just run. I got a yes, I got a yes, got a yes. And then you're waiting and waiting and waiting for that person who's supposed to call you back, who's supposed to get on a Zoom. When you could have took an extra minute and said, okay, look, I'm going to reserve a spot for you. I'm going to tell my mentor or director about you. So if you're not really interested, let me know. So I don't look bad. Bragging about you and you don't even show up. And 
you'll get more people that are level with you. That person that was thinking about saying yes and not showing up will actually now say, if I'm going to say yes, I, I better show up. And some of them will be honest enough to go, no, I'm really not interested at this time. I'll take either one. But I spend less time waiting on people who's supposed to. Does that make sense? Sometimes you even have to disqualify people when you're a prospecting and recruiting. When, when you're out prospecting, you talk to people and they start to begin to object and say, no, I'm not interested. Hey, stick your hand out to shake their hand and say, who do you know that might be? Thank you for your time. But obviously you're not the type of person I was looking for today and walk away. And let their brain start to go to work. Not the type of person. What do you mean? I don't qualify. What do you mean? I don't quite. see people fight to get into things <laughs> that they think they're not supposed to be into. People want everybody wants to go to the party that they can't believe they weren't invited to. Everybody has a flashing neon sign on their head that says, Make me feel special. See, if they think you just say this to everyone and you just exclusively, you know, I mean, you just, you know, recruit everyone or talk to everyone. They don't feel exclusive. But when you let them know that you're looking for a specific type of person, that you spoke to them because of something about them, but obviously you were wrong. Their immediate instinct is, no, you weren't wrong. I am special. But some of us, we just, we go so hard that we don't make people feel special. We make people feel like we're begging them. We're looking for anybody that'll possibly say yes. And that's really not what you should be doing. What you should be doing is engaging people and then looking for the people that stand out. Look for the bright personalities, the big smiles, the positive attitudes, the influencers that everybody else in the room seems to like. That's who I want to get to know. I'm not looking for the introvert curled up in the corner hoping nobody says anything to them and that they don't have to mingle or engage. I'm not going right over to that person and shove my hand out and go, hey. Although that person may turn out to be just as big a superstar as that person. But if I'm going to shoot, I'm shooting at the bigger animal. Every time. Guys, here's the other part of recruiting that everybody missed. Recruiting is about massive activity over a short period of time. So you could have the same materials, but get a different result based upon time. Give you an example. I can take a stick of dynamite, open it, 
and pour the gunpowder out for 50 yards and light it and watch that flame fizzle for 50 yards and then go out. I could leave that gunpowder packed in that stick of dynamite and I could light it and throw it 50 yards and blow up everything in the vicinity. Same amount of gunpowder. Why did one blow everything up and the other fizzle out? Compacted, small time space. Same thing with recruiting. You want to get recruiting going, you got to do massive activity over a short period of time. You got to get out there and you got 20, 30, 40 people in a day. And when you do that type of massive activity, quickly, a whole lot faster, you'll get to a point where you don't have to anymore. You'll have enough people say yes for you to have people to work with and tap room for years to come. I remember when I first came in this industry, I made a list and I sat down and I made a list of everybody I knew and everybody that knew me. And I, and I was able to make a list of a lot of people. I, I don't think I got through 25 people on my list before that 25 gave me a career that lasted years just working with them and who they know and who their people know and who their people's people know and who their people's people's people know. And before you know it, I had more work than I could handle. And I was never able to even go back to my list and finish with the other 150 people that were on it. Because I attacked the first 25 short period of time, real fast, 25 people in one day, boom, 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 boom. 18 people signed up. Now I got 18 uh, uh, go parties to do. Each one of them have seven or 10 people. That's 80 people, three or four people for each one of them join. Now my team's got 30 or 40 new people who want to do their go meetings. I got to do their meetings. And then they each have seven or 10 people. And then three or four people for each one of them join. And now I got to do another bunch of go. And now some of them are mature enough. Like, you got to do the go meetings. I can't do them all. We got 100 go meetings this week. So you take 10, you take 10, you take 20, you take. And then we do. And then guess what? 70, 10 people show up for each one of them. And three or four people join. And now we got 300 go meetings. And before you know it, you look up, you got promoted to regional builder, you got promoted to national builder, you got promoted to director, you still go back to your original list you made and you still may not even be 50% through your own market. That's how fast it compounds when you do massive activity in a short period of time. You don't have a list and you got to get out and talk to people. So many of you heard me do my 10 penny story. Well, I went out every day with 10 pennies in my right pocket. And every time I got a new name and number, I move it over to my left. And I wouldn't go home till I moved those 10 pennies from my right to my left, which means I exchanged my phone number with 10 new people. And I would make myself do that five days a week. That's 50 new people a week, 10 a day for five days. 
That's 200 people a month. But then people say, Chris, watch my smoke. I want to win. Uh, I, man, I'm telling you. How many people you talk to? Three. Really? So you decided you're going to take the gunpowder and pour it out and fizzle it over 50 yards. Usually that just burns out at the end. See, I would do 10 a day, 50 a week, 200 a month. Boom! Three months in, I got 130 people on my team. Blew it up. And then I didn't have to recruit no. There are some of you listening to my voice who've recruited more people in your career than I have in my 35 years. But I've helped more people win by recruiting the ones I did recruit and working with them and helping them develop their markets and helping their markets develop their markets and tap rooting down one, two, three, four, five generations deep. It was so much easier, so much more fun meeting people's friends and family, becoming a part of the friend, when people actually are waiting for you to come share, when they're expecting you, when you're not talking to strangers, when they've got a cup of coffee and a Danish waiting for you, when you get invited to dinner a million times. When, see, that's building a business the right way. It's so much more comfortable and inviting. I became a part of so many families. I ended up attending so many weddings. And I got paid a ton of money to do it. A ton of money to do it. And I really never had to talk to a lot of strangers, just enough to find a couple of key people so that I can get right into their warm markets and I was back. Back in the game. Number nine, you got to have the slight edge. And the slight edge in recruiting is leadership. And leadership slight edge is personal development. And some of you heard me say before, read 10 pages a day of a self-help book to increase your value over time. I promise you, if you take, if you pick up this habit, you will transform yourself year to year. You really will. You know, 10 pages a day is about 300 pages a month. 300 pages is about the average size of a book, a self-help book. And so you can actually read an entire book every month which means at the end of the year, you will have read 12 new books cover to cover. I would challenge that most people haven't read 12 books cover to cover in their life. Statistics say most adults don't read one book cover to cover after graduating from high school. So can you imagine just how much you would grow from 12 new books a year? 
that's your slight edge. That will give you the value that makes people feel good about following you as their leader. They will constantly watch as you transform right before their eyes and they'll seek and desire that same transformation and you give them the same tip. Now, I know some of you going, Chris, oh, I hate reading. I was, I'm, I'm not an enthusiastic reader. I'm not. Most of the time, reading bores me. But that's why I read my 10 pages right before I go to sleep. Does a few things. One, it helps me get sleepy reading the 10 pages. <laughs> Two, I go to sleep with positive thoughts and information on my mind. I hear people talk about nightmares. I've never had a nightmare. Not as an adult at all, maybe as a kid and I don't even remember it, but as an adult, I don't, I don't have bad thoughts because I control the information that goes into my head, especially right before bed. And so I'm going to bed with, with, with jewels of information and, 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 and excitement and enthusiasm. And I feel like I may have just learned something new. And so that's it. And then the, the only thing that happens to me sometimes is I get excited and then I can't sleep. If I find something in a book that I think, oh man, this is good. I gotta use this, this concept. This is what I've been thinking, but didn't know how to explain. See, when I run across stuff like that, I get so fired up that now it's hard for me to go to sleep. <laughs> But, but that's the worst that happens. You got to always be growing or you're dying because those are the only two stages in life. As a kid, you are growing. And then at some age, you stop growing and you start dying. It's only two stages in life. Now, the physical growth to death, you can only alter but so much. The mental, you can alter greatly. By what you put in to your brain. So have the slight edge. Make sure you're always growing. See, even when your body is forced to start dying your brain can keep growing. That's the power. And then number 10, you wanna be a great recruiter, you wanna be a great prospector. Here's the thing you gotta do. And I'm noticing people aren't doing this anymore. Tell your story. That's all we gotta do is tell our story and people will either relate or not but you'll find most people will. Somebody will. Tell your upline story. So if they don't relate to yours, maybe they'll relate to the story of your upline. Tell the company's story. Maybe they'll just wanna be a part of something bigger than themselves and they'll like our mission and they'll like you know, the direction we're going in. It's just a series of stories. If you could become great at telling stories, you'll become phenomenal at recruiting. See, our natural tendency is we want to give information. But the truth is, you're better off telling stories.
The greatest book ever written, the Bible, is a book of stories. You know, the Bible could have been so much simpler if it was just a page that says, here's what you better do. And then another page that said, and here's what you better not do. The end. But most people wouldn't get it. Most people wouldn't even understand what it is exactly I'm not supposed to do. But, but through storytelling, we understand the impact of our decision. And so it was written as a book of stories because that's how we process. So when you're talking and communicating with people, tell stories, tell your story. How I was a broke college student, so broke that I was pretending to be vegetarian for religious reasons when the truth was I just couldn't afford to buy food. And I realized I needed to find a job. And I started looking for ways to make extra income, but it was difficult when I had a full schedule of classes. And a dorm director heard my plight and took me to a meeting to take a look at a business I could do part-time and flexible. I loved the presentation. I bought into the story because the guy in front of the room talked about how that industry had ripped off his mother. And when she passed away, there wasn't enough insurance to bury her and how that hurt him and how he really wanted them to pay for that. And then when he was done, I was like, I think they should pay for it too. Nobody should ever do that to anybody's mother. I wish I would. And I joined to help him hurt them for messing with his mother. That motivated me more than how much money I can make. And I joined that industry and changed my life. And then when I retired from that industry financially free, I said, what's next for me in life? And I began to travel. And at that point, someone said, boy, you sure travel a lot. Do you travel like an insider? Well, you could save money. And I said, nope, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that was my introduction to the travel industry. And that began my journey that leads me to why I'm talking to you right now. That's my story. A little piece of it, but it's part of my story. And then I could tell Juliet's story of how she came to a meeting because someone invited her, but she was sleeping in her car. But she knew she needed to make money. She knew she needed to find something that worked. And after meeting the founders of the company, she felt like they were people she could trust and believe in. And so she made a decision to join. And she became the number one income earner and totally financially independent. I can tell the story. You can tell stories. Yours, other people's stories, some of you say to me, Chris, when I'm talking to these people, what do I talk about? Tell your story. Get them to tell their story. Share with them the upline story, the mentor story. 
everybody's got a story. And they usually like, here's a secret, they usually like and trust people who are willing to listen to theirs. Because everybody has a story and most people don't want to hear it. But if you actually take the time to hear their story, you'll be amazed at how much more they like and trust you. I hope some of these tips helped you in your recruiting mindset so you can take your business to the next level. I'll see you next time on Winners Win Live. 